You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The moment is officially here. Well, close. We're just eight days away from the 2023 NFL Draft, and it's time to set the Bengals draft board. Hi again, everyone, and welcome into Cincinnati Bengals Talk. I'm James Rapine, joined by everyone. So let's rattle them off. As always, Andrew Fox Miller behind the scenes. Joe Goodberry, who put this together and said, hey, will you be Mike Brown for this uh, front office exercise. Uh, Joe Goodberry is here. Draft guy Jared is here. Mike Santaget is here. Matt Minnick is here. Patrick Carlisle is here. And what we're going to do is set the Bengals draft board. We're going to go about two rounds. So buckle up for a lot of X's and O's, a lot of me chiming in about how certain skill players should be higher on the board. And I think some big man trench talk because, well, there's some trench fans here. So uh, a lot to dive into, Joe. I, I appreciate it. Let's uh, let you go first and kind of set the scene for us a bit. Okay, so the idea here is uh, what the Bengals are probably doing, what every team is probably doing this over this next week. Everything is done, right? You've got the scouts grades in. They, those were in since January. But you've got the combine information. You've got the pro day testing. You've met with these guys at the combine, pro day, visits. Everything you need, all the information is now locked in. The final part, and you've got a general idea of what, how the board is going to look, but, you know, based on everything you have, but getting the process completed before you're on the clock. You don't have much time. You can't argue once you're on the clock of this guy versus that guy. So you do it now. You do it over the next week and make sure you're prepared. So when your team's on the clock and you've already prepared for this scenario, you already know who to pick. There may be some slight talk there, but everyone's in unison. Of You come to at least somewhat of an agreement that, hey, this is the direction we're going to go, and hopefully we can get this, uh, this this done, and maybe we can simulate a round or two and see if it works, see if we can get to that pick and say, hey, guys, yeah, this is the guy we had on the board. This is the way we are, are going to go forward with it. But I wanted to say it's not just an easy one through 100, right, on your board. We're going to set tiers, and this is how the Bengals do it. If you've talked to Duke Tobin or listened to anything he said, and, and I have before, and he said, we don't just say first-round guy, second-round guy. We've got three buckets within each round. So you've got a 1A, a 1B, and a 1C. And it's the same for the second round, a 2A, 2B, 2C. And what that does is try to keep guys grouped together. So you never come out of a bucket to go into the next group because let's say we want a right tackle and we're on the clock and it's only 1C guys remaining. Well, there's no tackle in there. We're not going to go down to a 2A into the next tier. So the idea here is to not just feel comfortable ranking these guys, it's getting them in the correct bucket so that when we get there, we can say, hey, we want to stay within or there, maybe there's one or two one B guys remaining at 28 makes it an easy pick for us. If it's not an easy pick, we want to rank within the bucket afterwards so that, again, we're prepared when we get to that point. Yeah. And basically, Joe set it up. So he's Duke Tobin. 
we have Coach Matt Minnick, so he can be Zach Taylor or Luana Rumo or whatever coach he decides he wants to be. <laughs> I get to be the guy who thinks about quarterbacks and skill players a lot, Mike Brown. And then we have three scouts and Andrew's back there doing, uh, doing social media stuff. So that's kind of the, the premise, the, the way it works. And with that, I say we get going with the draft board, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. So I gave these guys about uh, almost a week ago, maybe five days ago. I said, hey, here's the board. Here's a list of players. We each individually had our own boards. From there, over the last couple of days, guys, I didn't say this, but I think you probably saw it if you looked at the document. I've taken a consensus of what we've all put together individually and came up with a score for each one of those. So as you can see here on the 1A tier, there are two guys that unanimously we all said were blue chip players, and that was Will Anderson and Christian Gonzalez. So there should be no discussion there. There should be no argument. We all believe they were uh, tier one guys. After that, three out of the five of us said that De- Devin Witherspoon, Tyree Wilson, and Paris Johnson Jr. Were, were blue chip players. Now, there may be two of us in here that want to disagree. If there's anyone that wants to make that case and feels that strongly enough that they should not be 1A players, this is your chance to make that argument. Uh, for me, I didn't have Tyree Wilson or Paris Johnson in there, but I don't feel that strong enough to override three other guys on the staff here. I, And to, let's be honest, neither of them are probably going to be there anyway. So uh, if anyone wants to make the argument, now would be the time, unless we're going to move on to the 1B players after this. Unless, there, again, also, if you feel strongly that someone is missing from this, this is your time to speak as well. Jalen Carter. I think he's the best player in the draft. Get him, Sands. Why? Well, uh, when I watch on film, he's the best player in the draft. I, I Now, we don't actually – are not actually able to meet these people, know all the off-the-field stuff, know any questions there. I know the pro day, everything wasn't, you know, perfect. But, man, when you watch him, he's better He's better than Will Anderson. Like, Will Anderson's really, really good. As a pass rusher, give me Jalen Carter all day. Uh, and – He's young. He's a three tech. He would be exactly what the Bengals need if he somehow did start to fall, which not out of all these guys, if Jalen Carter was there, not out of the realm of possibility if there is some off the field stuff. So that would be the one guy I would, uh, I really push to, as long as everything checks out, Jalen Carter, that's a 1A guy to me. That is what, probably 30 plus percent chance he's a star. You don't find that outside of 1A. So, uh, Sands, I believe you and Jared were the only two to have him in 1A, and everyone else had him in 1B. I would I, I had him in 1C. I had him in 1C what? as well. I, right. Cowards. So, <laughs> All right. Cowards. So, I, I think with that, that's why his average actually comes out if you go to the uh, next sheet. Not that you guys have to. I the Jalen Carter is number eight overall for the highest score on our list. So, I think there is at least some concern or at least some awareness. And I think he's still going to fall based on the score and the rank here in the one B tier and would likely still be best player available at, at any point if he was still there at 28. So um, do you feel strongly enough that to go any further than that, or would you be okay? Would any of you guys be okay? Jared, you mean the other one that put him as a one a, 1A, would you guys be okay? Or could you agree to him being a one B? I'm cool with him being a 1B. I understand all of the off-field stuff, but Sands is right. That's the the on-the-field play is 1A, and it is the top in this class. Yeah, it's not just 1A. 
best in the class for me. But yeah, uh, we, we can move on because he probably won't be there. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> okay, so the next grouping of guys we have here that, that graded the highest are going to be Peter Skoronsky, B. John Robinson, Jalen Carter, Roderick Jones, Darnell Wright, and Joey Porter Jr. So I'm going to highlight these guys and get them over on the next page. Uh, I think almost all of us had them in the range of a 1B. Let me put them on there for us so we can see it. The next guy that's close, though, that I wanted to uh, bring up to see how everyone feels is Jackson Smith and Jigba would be the next highest graded player. And I know we've got some trench guys that didn't even grade him, uh, but I used an average of if, if four out of the five of us graded him, I averaged the four and then placed it for the fifth guy so that it would put him in there. Uh, so I just updated the board here for 1B. Does anybody have any qualms with the players that are on 1B or think anyone definitely should be added to that group? Again, the next couple guys are Injigba, Banks, Cansey, and nope, next that would be another tier under. So uh, we'll start with these guys, and then maybe there's like three other we'll nominate after that. No Injigba love? Really? Come on, guys. I, I, I have no you. problem with the guys that are that are there. Um I've got a couple of edges in that turn uh, tier for me, uh, Lucas Van Ness mm-hmm. and uh, and Miles Murphy. I feel both belong in that same tier. I agree with you about Murphy. Uh, Van Ness feels like more of a project to be in one B for me. Yeah, I think I would put Van Ness more in one C. He's just, I mean, he's probably going to go like top ten to top fifteen based off all the talk about him. But I think that he's probably more of a one C for me. And that's where he should come. I, based on how we all con- the consensus there, looks like Van Ness will be a one seat for us. So uh, the, guy, the guys we should talk about though are Jackson Smith and Jigba, Banks or Cansey. I, I I'm fine with Banks and Cansey getting put in there. Although I did have them both one C for uh, different concerns. Although no, I had Cansey one B. So uh, yeah. So just, if we get the 28 just, and Canty's there and Joey Porter Jr. is there, you guys aren't jumping at Canty, big trench guys. He's just built like a meatball. Come on. I mean, I mean, that's to me what 1C is, is it's first round talents who who have obvious problems. Um, and, and that's why I put I, like Jalen Carter has some obvious problems. Canty has some obvious problems. They're different problems, but um, you know, there, there's a, a definite flaw there. And to me, these, these, first half of the first round guys should be pretty much clean slate picks. Okay. We'll go, uh, we'll go right down the list then so that we can keep it organized. Anybody, I think Jackson Smith and Jigba should be in the one B. Okay. I think. I agree. I'm you sure know, I, the best receiver. I agree. By far. Right. And if he's I available agree. at 28, we're picking him, right? I mean, of the guys yeah. that, or are we, because the thing is we got to separate them from the one C guys. Are we taking Jackson Smith and Jigba over Kalajikansi? Yes. I don't I think would. I would. I don't think I am. Yeah. I don't think I am uh, either. And, and Joey and Porter Jr.? I, I had them in the same it's bucket. It's a, a need thing. You know, I mean. We're, we have to factor have, need. Yes. Yeah, they got Boyd for two more years. If Boyd was in the last year of they his have, contract. He's in the last year of his contract. You know, if you flip Boyd and, and he, T. Higgins. Matt, he's in the last year of his deal. Yeah. What's that? He's in the last year of his deal. Boyd is Higgins. No, Boyd has one. Oh, no, geez, just I'm, one more year. My, 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 my bad, I'm completely off. Okay, well, then that is a recovery Sorry. <laughs> unless I'm remembering incorrectly, the only wide receiver under contract for 2024 is Jamar Chase. Chase. 
So that is correct. I mean, you no, can Connor assume Irwin? that Higgins okay, is going to be tagged. That's the end of the year. But, um, <laughs> all right, then I am 100% on board. With but but even if Higgins is tagged, we only have two guys. So I think Chris Evans' deal lasts that long. And that's why I think I would be comfortable putting Njigba, Banks, and Cansey in the 1B yeah. tier because they grade right on the line. So most of us had them in that range uh, or close enough that we can, from there, sort the one beat here. Do you know what I'm saying? So that we can yeah. say, all right, maybe we won't take Njigba over Kansi. We can we can slot them after that. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Well, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the upside just... on Kansi is enough. He's, like I said, there's obvious problems, but the upside is enough to, to push him. Great. We can do the Bijan argument, too. You guys are taking Jackson Smith oh. and Njigba over Bijan Robinson. Well, I'm not. There. You're not? I, I think I'd go Bijan. And I love Bijan, but... Jackson Smith and Jigba is like, oh, for Burrow. Okay. So, for, but it's close. The point is to Joe, it's close. So, 1B yeah. is just this huge bucket of players. Mm-hmm. So, before we move on to 1C, I want to mo- scroll back up, James, if we can, to 1A. Make sure we have 1A ranked properly and make sure there's nobody between A and B that should be swapped. That's perfect for me. Yeah, give it a second to look. Would we take Tyree Wilson over Paris Johnson Jr.? Probably. Well, I'd, yeah, I'd I think, think the would. Bengals would. Yeah. I, I mean, I would go Paris Johnson Jr., but that's projecting into right tackle too. But yeah, yeah, this is the flipping side. I think I take I think Devin Witherspoon win. over Christian Gonzalez, even though everyone had mm-hmm. Gonzalez higher. Well, I he's got the size, but I think as a cornerback, he's a lot more ready. Yeah, Gonzalez is 20 years old. I mean, he does definitely. I think some of his projection is him reaching his peak, which could be extremely yeah, high. Even if he has a lower floor than Witherspoon, I think the ceiling with the Santana hips is enough to keep him up there. I agree. Uh, I'm not going yeah. to switch to a stake over one I, spot. I mean, so. yeah, he, he, he's smooth. He's big. He's do, long. Do, do, do. Like, he, he just fits them to a T. I mean, Witherspoon's a, a hitter, so he, he fits them in that oh, way. Oh, yeah, he is. I, I would go Gonzalez. I would put Paris... Well, like the, the first two and, and Paris Johnson are the only three that I had in my one A tier. So that would right. be the order I would go with those guys. I would put Wilson last out of that group. Okay. I, uh, anyone I, else? I, I have no particular problem with anybody except Wilson. I just, I, I just, I, I don't think there's enough production there to to warrant that spot. So I would definitely put Johnson for the Paris. That'd be the only thing I'd fight for. How about our trench guys here, our resident trench guys, Jared and and Mike? You guys, uh. How would, you, how would you sweat would you swap these guys at all, meaning Wilson and, and Johnson? No, I think Wilson has just uh just I don't know, man. They both they're they're the same to me. They're both super they need a lot of refinement, but that you don't get those body types and explosion and athletic profile that come around very often. So it's hard for me to to argue one way or the other because they're so similar. Only reason I keep it is it's a projection to move Paris Johnson to right tackle from left mm-hmm. tackle. It adds a little bit of doubt. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, then let's move on to the one B uh, list, and we'll. I think this one's going to cause the most debate. We'll probably spend the most time uh, ranking these guys and making sure we've got them correct. Uh, let's just start with the first three guys and try and see if we can order them and move on from there, and then reset the board. Uh, I personally would probably take Jalen Carter over the any of these three. And then yes. Skoronsky and then Bijan over because I'm looking at positional value. Uh, and I think Carter has the highest upside of all these guys. I think he's a better player of all these guys. I don't have to. And Skoronsky to me, 
I would rather play him at guard, you know, and so I don't have a problem with him at tackle, but he's a emergency scenario. He'd be a guard. So I would put it Carter, Skaronsky, and then Robinson. Um, anyone feel free to chime in afterwards. Nope. That seems right to me. Yep. Do we feel confident that obviously we're talking about the Bengals. Do we feel confident they would want to take Broderick Jones and Skaronsky over Darnell Wright? knowing that Wright has the experience playing right tackle and Skronsky is going to be more of a projecting inside. I think we can get to that once we get these first three. Like if we put Skronsky number two or even number three or if anyone wants Bijan over Skronsky, because I think James would make that argument maybe, uh, then we can probably say, hey, how would we rank Skronsky, Broderick Jones, and Darnell Wright afterwards? If we're okay with swapping Carter to number one here, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. Just assume that I go with the skill guy. Just well, assume. I'm just assuming. <laughs> just trying assume. To, trying to cover our bases. <laughs> All I know is is Joey Porter Jr. ahead of Jack, and I know we're going to get to that. <laughs> the the, yeah. the moving piece Comedy here out. is Bijan. Would yeah. we take Bijan over Broderick Jones or Darnell Wright? I was going to ask you to move Broderick down. I think I would. I know the value of I, a running back, but I, I mean, think I wouldn't take a running back in the first round at all, <laughs> even Bijan. He's You're just looking he's the only down. he's the only guy that can do everything, everything the Bengals hope Joe Mixon would do when they picked him 48th overall. What do you dream of the be, Bengals be a running third back down doing? back that has the home run ability? Yeah, all of those guys miss. No one else in this class right. can do it. And then the one thing that just keeps him up there for me is just he could pass protect. It was shocking to me mm-hmm. when I watched him and he could pass protect. It's like there's no projection with him. Like, is he going to be off the field in two minutes th- or third down? No, like this guy's going to be on the field for those as the explosive plays to the run game. I'd, I think I'd take him over those two tackles, but I think I'm going to be the lone descent. Matt, you look like you got something to say. Well, no, no I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm really going to agree um, on, on the Bijan take that like, that's what you're missing with the other guys is in terms of guy who can come in right away and play. Who can come in right away and do that? Probably his teammate a little bit later, but but there aren't a lot of guys. Maybe Charbonnet, um, but that's the big thing with with college running backs that doesn't translate right away is the pass protection, and you're you're getting it with him. And because we're in the situation we're in, because P Ryan P Ryan left, you know, if we had P Ryan and no Mixon, you can take whoever you want. But when you get Mixon and no P Ryan. You know, you're looking at a three back rotation with Travion Williams, and like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of pieces in there if you don't get a guy that can pass protect too. So, I mean, I think that's a valid point. I would still go with both of those linemen in front of him. Um, But I I think it is a valid point. James, you want to chime in here? Yeah. I know know you love Bijan. No, I do. I'm also sick about talking about offensive line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I said, like in a negative way, and that's happened for the, the better part of a decade now, since 2016. And so even with Wits last year. So to me, if Broderick Jones or Peter Skaronsky fell to 28, you would dance to the podium and, and uh, or make Roger do that, at least dance to the podium. So <laughs> I'm okay with having those guys positional value-wise ahead of Bijan because it makes sense. And as far as size-wise, I mean, this team – Maybe they've turned a corner because they started to, to consider size a bit more recently, right? Jonah, they, they're like, ah, left tackle, left tackle, left tackle. I think they might have Jones ahead of Skaronsky because they, they're not going to take a guard this early. If they project him to be a guard long term, then I, I think that they would go with the tackle. 
Well, now that we have the O-linemen, so let's say we agree we're going to take O-line over Bijan, right? We're going to take the premium position, hopefully play with the strength of the draft class and get our running back that we want later, right? We have these three clustered offensive linemen. This probably goes with the consensus of how they're 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 labeled right now. Although we did have Broderick Jones and Darnell Wright both at 45 overall in our amongst us. Would we want to how would we split these? How would we rank these? Are they ranked correctly? Does anybody want to swap a guy up? Would we take Darnell Wright over any of these guys? I would take Darnell Wright over all of them. Yeah. I agree. I'd flip him and Skaronski. Yeah. I'd actually, I'd put, Jones. I would just put him uh, right above Skaronski and too, have but... Jones last. I think I'd still have Jones above Skaronski just because they probably project Skaronski inside, and then you're trying to, you're talking about offensive guard versus offensive tackle. Even if I think Skaronski's tape is way better than Jones, when you're talking offensive tackle versus offensive guard, it just completely changes the conversation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Now, this is a uh, an extreme scenario, though. If we end up with Skaronsky and Broderick Jones both on the board at 28, like, awesome, great, right? But yeah. we're looking at potentially, I think Skaronsky could be an all-pro guard. And I think, you know, if he's Zach Martin, and I know that's like the highest bar, but I mean, that's what you're projecting when a guy that's this good moving inside. Well, if he's Joe Tooney. Sure. I still think, yes. I still think I that's if he's Zach than... Martin, though, are they going to pay him? Or is he going to play five years and then walk? Isn't that the if... same issue at tackle? I mean, they yeah. just, it's I a... mean, they just paid Orlando Brown, though. His contract's going up after this rookie contract. They could pay a, a tackle, but they might not want to pay a guard. I don't I, think Jones I will right. say or anywhere as clean of a prospect as Skaronsky. And I know the positional value is different, but Jones, I mean, there's a decent bust chance there. Like mm-hmm. a lot of that is projection, mm-hmm. right? I don't see the bust chance as much, but you're looking at Skaronsky as more of a, I think he's got the higher ceiling, even if it is at guard. And I'll go back to the, the Quentin Nelson draft. And I know it's different, mm-hmm. but the Bengals are like, Oh, he could be a great tackle. Like they want guys that, to get the tackle. That, that's how they felt. They were like, oh, so they may look at Skarnsky and be like, well, we'll just try him at tackle. And he may end up really good there. And worst case, we'll kick him inside. So it wouldn't shock me if he was, I'm not trying to contradict myself. It would not shock me if he was first on their board because he is a cleaner prospect, like you said, Sam. Yeah. 
He is an upgrade at two positions. He could either be your left guard or right tackle. I don't like it. It would just be getting your best five on the field if you got someone like Skaronski. But, but it, either way, it's an adjustment. I mean, either mm-hmm. he's bumping in from t- tackle to guard, or he's going to the other side of the formation. It's the same thing that they uh, faced with Jackson Carmen. It's the same thing that they faced with Cordell Volson with a little bit better results. Um, so, I mean, maybe, maybe that means he's their type because that's what they do is they take guys <laughs> and we can play the other position on the other side of the field. But that that is true for Broderick as well, though, right? Because he played most of his career at left tackle. Left. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, the, the only plug and play guy on this list is Darnell Wright because of right. that. But is he I, better? I think we can agree that Darnell Wright should be the top of the three. That seems to mm-hmm. be what everyone agrees on. I agree. Yeah. I, I think he's a better. I think he's a better player. I think he's a better fit as well. He's had the cleanest pre-draft process. Like he was like That's projected thirty outside of fighting with Willie. Yeah, yeah. He was like thirty fifth on some like mocks months ago, and then he goes to the combine. And I looked, and I'm like, oh, I think I text Joe about it. I'm like, Darnell Wright's not even going to be there at twenty eight, <laughs> and that was two months ago. So, yeah, I think. Uh, Having him I, first, Garonsky second, and, and Broderick Jones third, I'd be comfortable. With. Well, that's what I was wondering. I definitely like Wright over Jones. I think Jones. Yeah, I, I think Jones could be the last guy, last old lineman drafted out of this group. Good upside, but honestly, he's not there yet. He's, he is a project, and you move him anyway, so it doesn't really kill it to me. He's gonna he's gonna need development time at left tackle or right tackle. It wouldn't matter to me, but I do think the the floor is the lowest of these three guys, and so I would I'm in agreement with you guys. If you're looking for Plug and play guy. If Skaronsky's still there, then I probably got his concerns why he's still there, also. So, like, you know, every other team is, is now passed up on him. So, I have no problem putting it right. Skaronsky, Jones, if you guys are in agreement. Sure. Yep. All right. Let's do it. Here we go. After Great. You fix this, this <laughs> next group, this is my time. This is tough. This one, I think it, it gets uh, even tighter here. So, I don't know yet where Bijan's going to fall in this. Again, we got to, again, I think he's going to be the sliding scale of this entire group. So we'll just move on to the next grouping and, and say, would we take Bijan over Njigba? I think that's an easy one. Would we take Bijan? If Njigba and Bijan are both on the board, who are we taking? I am Njigba. 100%. I would take Bijan. I would take Njigba. Njigba. And I love Bijan. Wow, I did I not expect Bijan. this. I think the are you one serious? thing with. The one thing no one the, loves wide receivers more than <laughs> the one thing with JSN is just I think I feel like it gives you the boy. What I would like with the Bengals is for Boyd's eventual replacement to be able to play, and maybe he can play outside, but to be inside outside versatile, so that you can have more formations when you're two by two to put Jamar Chase into the slot to get him away yeah. from the cloud coverage and everything else. I don't know if JSN does that for you, and. That's the one thing that's stopping me there. Whereas Bijan, I mean, top five player in the class. I know he's a running back, but this is this is Saquon Barkley type falling to you. I would take that. I would take that over JSN. But I, I feel like I'm lone descent, and I'm not going to fight too hard about it because they're both great players. I think I would take Bijan over <laughs> in Jigba, and I say this because. I'm confident in the Bengals' ability to draft receiver number one. Uh, so, like, I, you know, that is never an issue with me. Uh, but even though they've drafted pretty well at back for the most part, yeah. when they've identified a guy in the first or second round, they've hit more than they missed. Uh, still, I think Bijan, yeah, he helps. Man, I, I don't know. As I'm about to say this out loud, I'm contradicting myself in my mind. I was going to say Bijan helps free up Chase and Higgins more than Jackson Smith and Jigba does. And then I'm like, as I'm thinking, I'm like, no, he doesn't. I don't know that he does. 
Honestly, it's a, hey, Joe, you want JSN? He'd be right. like, but don't you yep. think he would say yes he would, about he would, he would Well, hell yeah. This is a best case scenario. This is heaven for the Bengals to have to deal with one of these, you know. But uh, I, I mean, to me, the, I think it's in Jigba. The value of the running back position is it, the, the guys that can receive, you know. And so yeah. to me, like the, the guys we really talk about making a, a difference are basically slot receivers anyway. But the slot receivers with longer shelf lives, usually, you know, that are that you're more likely to sign to a second contract and to not be pissed off when you do. So, you know, that to me is where it falls. And I think we're I think we're we're talking about the same sort of thing. Like, does does Bijan running the ball, you know, make up for the fact that you're going to get less out of him in the past game, probably than a, a slot receiver who runs who runs great routes and has and has pretty good size at, at six foot tall? Because that's where we're falling off a cliff here in this draft is really with with slot, you know, finding a slot receiver who's not five foot eight, and that's going to happen pretty quickly. So, I mean, if, if that's something that that's uh, you know of value to us, if it's important to us, if we want an in-house replacement for Boyd coming out of this draft, I think you got to put a higher priority on Smith and Jigba. Um, I mean, and you're not going to find a Bijan um, in the anywhere else, uh, but you know, you can you can Frankenstein a backfield a lot better than you can do at the receiver position. And we want and, that guy, you know, who, who's got the size and can, and, you know, can come in and can block better than, you know, these, uh, these five foot, 870 pound guys and, and make a contribution. So he's doing some extra things in there as well. Just like Bijan's doing the pass protection. So I, I, I think it's Smith and Jigba personally. And they can keep their offense with the three wides. You can keep running the 11 for the foreseeable future. T's under locked up for at least two years. Jamar's under team control for a long time, even though people don't want to look at it that way. He's got that fifth-year option, then tags. And then you have this guy on a rookie contract. Like, I just think team-building-wise, even if you have, you know, lost T down the line, it wouldn't be as big of a nightmare because you have this guy who is a freak. He's the only receiver, by the way, that I would even consider taking over Bijan Robinson, just to be clear. So right. this isn't a wide receiver thing for me. It's I just think Smith and Jigba's like – the one dude in this class that I'd really want at that position. Okay, then raise your hand for Bijan if you're taking Bijan over Jackson Smith and Jigba. Damn, you're not helping us here by going three and three. Oh. <laughs> should we should we pull in uh should we pull in Andrew for the time? Yeah, Andrew might <laughs> four. Or we let chat pick it. Elizabeth Blackburn. Or All right, media. Elizabeth. There you go, <laughs> Brian fans. Here, here, here we go. There, there's your here's your moment. Okay, what do you got, Jackson Smith and Jigba or Bijan Robinson? You've heard me talk way more about Bijan. So I know, I know. Bijan, see you later, guys. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that's how you do it. I'm not mad. I mean, dude. Either way, it is what it is. I, I will say this: Mike Brown gets final say. So if he's there at 28, what we might overrule uh, Andrew Fox Miller there. Well, that's what, yeah, I think that would, would, that's how it goes to the owner, right? In those scenarios, like, all right, who do you want? We're both. I love Bijan too. It's okay. Well, the idea here is it's two players we all really like that we would take on this roster and think would help the offense. So, really, you know, I don't see that scenario playing out, but it was nice to explore because that is not something, even in any of these mock draft simulators where I've had to even debate to myself who I would take. Uh, So, let's look at the next grouping. 
similar all defensive players and we'll figure out if they should go over the the skill positions on offense afterwards let's make sure we get these three uh correct and that's joey porter jr deontay banks and kalijah can does anybody want to swap these around if it was me oh it's tough but i think i take can over this group of corners agreed yeah it's a more rare skill uh, that, that he has. You're, again, three technique, you know, or pass rushing three technique. We're not going to get one of those after the first round. Um, and I think both Banks and Porter are somewhat locked into, uh, from, from what they did in college, they're somewhat locked in to basically pretty much play man. Uh, yeah. So learning zone is going to be an adjustment for them. Uh, so I think, I think Cansey is a little bit better of a fit for our defense right now, even though I don't, you know, interesting. <laughs> you know, I, his size, I don't think he's a great fit, but they I, play all that slow play gap weird. and a half. Uh, that makes me think Cansey's not holding up gap and a half to taking on double teams, things like that. So if they're going to ask him to play like that, I don't know if that's a clean fit, but at the same time, they had Larry Ogunjobi two years ago. They let him kind yeah. of freelance run up the field. I'm I mean, fine I taking Cansey over them. I, they're if t- they same team. If they could throw Cansey at edge a little bit too, if they needed to, uh, you know, they did with BJ Hill. put him right. at the five. You yeah. put him at the five. You you know, put Tupo at the three in, in the I, three four stuff, or they they work. Jared, what do you think? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I'm not. I have Cansey <laughs> as a one C player because of his size. I don't I think do he do. really fits lose defense because, like, uh, like Mike was saying that he plays gap and a half, and he has the the interior to kind of crush the pockets. I don't think they're going to give Cansey that kind of free running they gave Ogunjobi because Ogunjobi was at least big. Um, and I also disagree that you can't get uh, a pass rushing three tech later in the draft. They've shown it's one of the best thing. One of the things they're best at is finding a defensive lineman later on. So I think it wouldn't be uh, as high a priority as a, as a corner that could come in and compete for a starting job. I was going to make the argument that the D tackle class isn't great and that the pass rushers kind of fall off pretty quickly. Now, Jared, you've watched a lot of guys. If you've got some favorites on day two or, or even early day three, you could convince me to uh, say the corners are better. But to be honest with you, maybe I put Cansey over these two corners because I don't think these are the two best corners remaining. It's just because I think Forbes is better than these guys. So I get to the point of, and when we get when we solidify this one B, I'm going to nominate Forbes to go in this group because I, I do think he's better than them. I second uh, that notion. I think Forbes right. is better than Porter and Banks. I think Banks and Forbes are better than Porter. And I would be okay with you putting Forbes over Cansey as well. I I don't I think, think as you guys are Forbes praising him, enough. he just had a pick six. I think <laughs> another one, <laughs> another one. So I agree. I know Mike doesn't feel the same way. I've yeah. seen his grades on our spreadsheet. He doesn't see, see he doesn't like the weight. He's it's not just the weight. That's my thing ah. is that all we can ever talk about is the weight. Cause he's 160 pounds. Like nobody wants to actually talk about his prospect is, are you cool with the weight? Are you not cool with the weight? I think he's got amazing ball skills. And I know you value that more than, more than I do. My, my thought is when I watch his base in press, when I watch him get overly aggressive, it's, all the people that make fun of Trevon Diggs, like you're, you're drafting a similar player. You're getting Trevon Diggs. Yeah. You're getting Trevon Diggs at maybe best because Trevon Diggs is able to get all those interceptions at the NFL level. Uh, Forbes, I think, is going to give up some plays. I think when he plays cover two, he's too aggressive and doesn't help his safeties at all. 
But at the same time, like all those things are teachable. You don't teach ball skills. You don't teach the ability to run back a pick six. So I get the idea behind it. Just for me, I don't think it's a clean evaluation. I know he was an awesome athlete. That was at 160 pounds and you need him to be 180 pounds, which is still pretty light. That's Deontay Banks. Uh, not Dan, that's Cam Smith size, who we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, that's just me, lone descent. I know I'm not ruled, but I just wanted to let my opinion known that I think you there should. are technical issues with Emmanuel Forbes that have nothing to do with his weight. Matt, you uh, watch DBs a lot. What do you think? Um, I go Banks, Forbes, Porter, probably. Um, I think – but Forbes is closer to the banks, you know, and vice versa. I think you're getting a little bit more of a hitter and a, and a better man player in banks. But you know, we've, we talked about this, Joe, like Forbes is just so smart, you know, it, yeah. like it's not that he's like, he, he takes some risks sometimes, but I, I think part of that's coaching too. You know, you know, I, I, I think, you know, a lot of stuff probably comes into the game plan that they're like, Hey man, if you see this, do it. And if, if not, we'll live with the consequences. Um, and there's, there's value to that at the NFL level too, you know, like you, you like, uh, I'll trade explosive plays where the safety makes a tackle, you know, everyone every, for, uh, for pick sixes, you know what I mean? For, for, for turnovers, you know, there, there's more value to that, especially if you can play good uh, defense in the, in the red zone. So um, I think, I think Forbes definitely belongs in this group. I think Porter's would be the bottom of those three. Um, and, and yeah, I, I could, I can, you could talk me into either way on, on, on Banks and Porter, depending on what you want. I, I do want to say, I, I, I don't want to uh, double back too much, but there's one thing I want to say about Cansey that, that we, we should consider here is DJ Reader coming up for a contract. Um, so you got to think about the future with that as well. If you don't think Cansey is going to be a guy who can stop the run in, in the way that you want him to, then you have two options here. Either you stop the run in a different way, um, or you, or you go with a guy who you think can, can, can do it because you're probably going to lose DJ reader. Um, and if you lose DJ reader and now you got Cansey in there and you think it's liability in the run game, then I mean, you, you got a big problem in the middle of your defense and this is the wrong division to have that problem in. So I think that's something to think about, but you've also got most of your linebackers coming up, you know, you've only got Pratt. So like, do you change the way you're playing defense? Do you change who your linebackers are, what, what your linebackers look like because of the way you're, you're playing on your front. And Lou could be gone at any time. So that right. is part of it as well. Like if we don't always have to fit a guy to Lou's scheme because we don't know how much longer we'll have that. Uh, and I would also say about Cansey is you can be a run defender without two gapping or holding a guy up. You can create chaos. You can be a freelancer a bit when you have that first step, penetrator the way he way he can be uh and also hopefully he's not on the field for too many rundowns like instantly he should be one of our nickel pass rushers right and instantly be probably the best interior rusher they have just being right off the streets from pit because they don't have somebody with that athleticism they don't have the versatility of a guy like that you can put him and sam hubbard on some stunts right and and let's cause some chaos on that side of the because they really lack a pass rush on that side anyways. But if you let them work together, I think you can do a lot of things. But to Matt's point, is Cansey, is part of the appeal of having a Cansey type slotting him next to DJ Reader and saying, all right, we've got the guy, that that big nose, you know, that can eat space and two-gap and do everything, everything you want out of a nose tackle. You don't have to worry about that as much when you have Cansey, right? Because you, you, you put him next to him, and now you've got a pairing that, you know, you can hopefully uh, – eat up the double teams with reader and like can't see freelance and do his thing. Uh, 
for me, I still would put Cancy over these corners. I think because the corners are a much greater debate. Again, I didn't get to say, but for with Porter and Banks, I think both pick and choose when to play the run too much. And I and and I know we shouldn't. Again, Lou's going to demand these guys to to play the run. I think both are fine tacklers when they choose to be, but I think both have issues in that part of the game. And I don't have that issue with Forbes. He is smaller, so it affects him as a run defender. Well, at least he's willing to do it. And I think for me, a key when I watch corners is, are you aggressive on every single play, no matter what? I don't care if it's a run. I don't care if it's a screen. I don't care if they're going the other way, you know, and they're running away from you. Are you fighting with the with the receiver in front of you? Are you fighting to get to the ball? Are you racing down from the other side? And I don't see that with Banks. And honestly, Porter runs hot and cold as well. That's why I have Forbes over them. It isn't just the ball skills, which I think he dwarfs them as well uh, in that phase. And again, Bengals play a lot of zone. I think Forbes. It's a size uh, joke. So, so <laughs> what I'm hearing from you, Joe, is Cam Smith should be in this conversation with those. Yeah. Uh, with those Cam players. Smith fits, man. <laughs> <laughs> we, he, he fits, uh, and people probably should watch him. And we'll get to him. I think he ends up in one C uh, for us, but we need to rank these guys and move on, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like all this quarterback proves <laughs> why Canty should be the top of these on top of all these cornerbacks because we could mention seven names at cornerback who we could talk ourselves into maybe even 10 names at 28 or 60 the but how many pass rushing dts can we talk yeah, about agreed. at 60 that's You're a good right. point Jared, it's, 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 good. it's not just good it, it's not just good they're fits i'm like lower on porter six foot long guys everywhere you look in this class it's ridiculous i'm lower on porter i think than consensus i would do Cancy forbes banks and then porter I agree. That's how I would have it. I'm good with that. I'm over. And I love Forbes because he's this playmaking, (laughs) (laughs) but he's at corner. All right. But can't see a lot of fun. Are we taking the grouping of Bijan, Jackson Smith, and Jigba over any of these defenders? Yes. Yes. All of them. Ah. <laughs> we just gotta we gotta solidify that. There is a scenario that Bijan's there and Cancy's there. Who are you taking? Bijan. Cleaner. Really? I think so. There's I, there is I whenever I see the question marks with a guy, when when I'm at that point where I see question marks with this guy and like serious questions, built like a meatball, 280 pounds. <laughs> he's awesome. He's a very fast meatball, but uh there is there's a big bust chance there too though because if he isn't the pass rusher you expect he doesn't really give you a ton of value i think the i think it's a clean evaluation he is the pass rusher you expect because i don't see another guy in this class with the feel for how offensive linemen are moving like cancy has but i think i would just go bijan because he adds at least for this year for next year probably more value and now you want to have the conversation about three four five six years down the line i think that's a reasonable debate but i do think that Bijan enters the league as an upper echelon starting running back and what's the floor that he's really good (laughs) right the floor is probably just because of the offense and when he came to the team like compared to mixon is is better than what you've gotten since who i mean you're going back a long ways i would say as the floor because i I think he can do everything mixon would have been able to do in 2017 when you drafted him had it been this offensive line and joe burrow and jamar chase and t higgins yeah but 
Isn't that to the point that you can find a guy like that in round two? Maybe not in this Mixon's class. A, Mixon's a special case, and that was like the best running back class ever. So yeah. true. I true. I, I think I would go Cancy just just out of scarcity of the position and be able to get that. I, I, it, like I think, look if you're are we that, sure Cancy could tackle Robinson? <laughs> not with those arms. <laughs> <laughs> Let, look, sorry, I John, say, no, sorry. B. John also fumbles in his career once out of every seventy-five touches. We're talking Oof. about every two to three games he's fumbling. Running backs also have one of the highest injury rates, so mm-hmm. the floor is actually he sees the field three games a year. All right, that's, that's, that's a fair floor point. Janet Carter. And Canty could see the field six games a year. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's what, fair, what are we doing? But we're talking risk. <laughs> Running backs are injured more than other positions because they're taking the hits every day, every time they touch the ball. Oh, Canty's gonna take a ton of hits. He's inside yeah. and he's small. Canty's gonna get squished. You gotta touch him first. <laughs> <laughs> he goes right underneath. He snakes both, down. Both guys, you gotta touch first, right? <laughs> okay, then. All right, let's say we keep Bijan where he is then. Are we taking Jackson Smith and Jigba over any of these defensive players? Again, I would go. I'd go Cancy over Jason. I would do. I would do. I would not. I'm cool with it. I don't know. I would not. He's the one guy. (laughs) So Jackson Smith and Jigba and Cancy are on the board. You want them to go Jackson Smith and Jigba, James? Yes. Wow. I'd go Cancy. Tell Joe Burrow that you were looking at Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's very familiar with his game, the Ohio State tie. Watched him last year, of course. Heck, the the wide receivers coach at Ohio State says he's the second best Ohio State wide receiver he's coached outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. So think about Garrett Wilson, all these guys that that have come out the past couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard to tell your second best quarterback on the planet, hey, Let's uh let, let's pass on this super elite weapon. I would just here's, here's what I would say to Burrow though. What happened on the last two plays of each season? How did you what ended what happened? A uh, all world athlete defensive tackle took you down. Wouldn't you like that? Wouldn't you like that advantage? Wouldn't you want to be on the sideline at, for one of these times and not have to be driving down the field to win it? And maybe your defense or your D tackle can't be blocked. If Jackson Smith and Jigba was on the Bengals roster in January, I wouldn't have had to cancel my flight to Phoenix. <laughs> you might be true. You might be right there. I mean, you yeah. don't think he beats those Chiefs corners well, one-on-one? James, what was the biggest issue on the defense against the Chiefs, though? Getting a little getting a little pressure? Second-best pass rusher being DJ Reader? You're right. And so this is where the depth conversation comes in because there are no wide receivers after JSN to me. Ooh, that, oh, really but do you have that. to have one. I really disagree with that. I don't think it's that bad. This is the worst wide receiver class in a decade. Like, there's there's a guy who just doesn't play slot yet. But once if he goes to the right place and they figure out he's a slot, there's there's a guy that can get in the third. Of course, you can find. I'm not I'm not saying that, but not potential game breaking type guys with this seal. Like, I I don't think there's many. And maybe one emerges out of this class. It could happen. But the NFL. You also have to think of of this wide receiver. You know, we're talking about. I mean, I, is Smith and Jigba going to take guys away from Higgins and um, and and Chase on the outside? Is he going to open up opportunities for them? Because with Cansey, you're getting that. Because with Cansey, you're getting the pressure up the middle that's going to force quarterbacks right into that closing pocket. I mean, that, that, that's what they – the, the sack numbers dropping off for Hubbard uh, and Hendrickson this year, like – 
that is absolutely tied to Larry Ogunjobi not being there. Like that not was something right. they were missing. So it's not that your interior pass rush helps what is perceived as your as your outside pass rush as well. And especially with the way they play, because they, they like those big, long guys. They don't like benders. They like folders. They like guys that are closed in that pocket. And to, you, you can close your pocket, but if you don't have that pressure coming up the middle, you know, they're still going to have time to, they're still going to have time to get rid of the ball. If you have, got that guy coming up the middle, like you're just, you'll see sack numbers increase from, from the outside guys too. You're not going to go through Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, and Joe Tooney in the middle. You're going to have to go around those guys. So if you if you want to get to a Super Bowl every year, I think Hansi would be the runaway favorite over JSN. I would say that wasn't Joseph Asai lining up at DT, and he had to chase down uh, Mahomes and eventually push him out of bounds. Does Kansi get there first? Does Kansi cleanly beat Trey Smith instead of BJ Hill? You know, fighting that almost hold rip, does Cancy get off that? Does Cancy crush that pocket a little bit more? Can he break free of them, get free completely, and turn that corner and make that sack? He would be valuable. Yeah. Oh, I'm not debating he would be valuable. <laughs> I'm debating who would we pick? I'm not de- <laughs> I would pick JSN because, them. again, <laughs> let's look at the slots. I think JSN has his ceiling – Right, which that's what you were looking at here, and we're talking about that with Cancy is better than any slot. I'm trying to think in my lifetime before I do it, but I think I think he would be better than TJ. I think he's twitching. Oh, you're thinking Bengals, uh, guys. Yeah, okay. uh, I'm thinking he's like Amon Ross St. Brown ceiling wise, but ceiling? I'm still thinking that Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's yeah. better. St. Brown's pretty good. St. Brown, he's really he good. is good. And he's the focal point of the offense. We've never seen Jason be the focal point of an offense. I mean, and he wouldn't have to be in Cincinnati, so it's a perfect landing spot for him. He's going to be the number three, playing number three corners, just like he was at Ohio State when he had his big season. So it is a good landing spot. Any debate about he missed a lot of time this year. It's true. That's true. I can't debate that one. He didn't All right, let's not uh, put it to a vote then. Those of you go, go with Kansi, you trench guys. It's I just fine. want to see if it's accurate. It feels like it'll go Kansi. If you would take Kansi over Jackson Smith and Jigba, raise your hand. It's five to one. Oh, oh goodness. Well, I don't know why we spent so much goddamn time, man. <laughs> what All do you right, mean? Guys, I'm why? here to do the timer. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Okay. I'll, be, I'll, I'll be back. Let me show. know. It was really smart, by the way, doing even numbers for this. I'm just going to throw that out there. You know. <laughs> we wanted to include you. Oh uh, no, get Glenn in here. He's very. I didn't know how many people were up about this. So, all right, keep at it. Okay. You guys are going to regret this if they they pass on Jackson Smith and Jigba. <laughs> for Clyde Cancy. <laughs> yeah. Who's safer? We got to We got to move. JSN is safer. JSN is safer. Okay, good. There we go. Let's keep it. He is. He is. Okay. We want to look at this 1B before we give it the once-over, um, or the final pass, I should say. Uh, not to bring up Jackson Smith and Jigba again, but would we take him before the corners? Yeah, he toasted those corners. Well, sure. one of them. <laughs> he would toast all three of them. Yeah, he would toast all three of them. It's called a blender, Joe. Because none of them are covering the slot. <laughs> On the outside. Put him outside, then. Yeah, p- scarcity. I'll take him. Yeah, I agree. I think corner is so strong in this class that we can afford to put these guys a little bit lower. So, okay, we'll leave it then like this. Is anyone 
do we have any issues? And we've pretty much debated the, the entire list at this time. Does anybody have any issues strong enough to change 1B? And I added 1C guys now too, James, if you want to scroll down. Uh, is there any other 1C guys Andrew, we, we need to throw up? Oh, okay, thank you, Andrew. Sorry. Uh, any other 1C guys that need oh. to go into <laughs> 1B? I didn't realize Cam Smith wasn't a 1C. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta find out where he is. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Cam Smith." I saw it. Probably it's my fault because I didn't put any of those guys on mine. He's a so this is, Cam for, Smith. For those, more than likely a two way based okay. on the way it's going. For those just joining us, so one B, one C. Now this is like tail end of round one. So this, this is, is where like we prime pick. prime Bengals territory. Twenty eighth overall. This is the one C bucket where you know they could be debating between a few guys. So this is. This is prime. The JSN stuff is pie in the sky. Cansey could be there. I actually think that's semi-realistic, but let's look uh, at these guys there, now. Because, James, you bring up a good point. If Joe or James or anybody here, if you want to maybe, like, as we go through each tier, just kind of briefly, like, 10, 15 seconds, just kind of remind everyone what we're doing. as if Because people are joining. You know what I mean? Just kind of get them up to speed. Yeah, we're setting the Bengals draft board. Joe's Duke Tobin. We got scouts and coaches, and I'm Mike Brown, and I like wide receivers, apparently. So that's <laughs> what we're doing. And by apparently, I mean, hell yeah, Jackson Smith and Jig was better than Kalajic Kansi. Let's keep it going. I will say your most fan, your, your line about what Burrow wants, the most famous one I can remember is Patrick Mahomes saying, I want Clyde. <laughs> that did not work out. That's what you're trying to compare this to? <laughs> it could be. If you're asking Burrow what he wants, he's not a scout. He's just hey, like, yeah. He hey, passes. by the way, you want to see Clyde thrive? No. All right. Hey. Okay, guys. Is there anyone from 1C that needs to be in 1B? Are there any Nolan Smith? Okay, I was gonna, I was going to elaborate. We need to. I'm going to eliminate some of these rows on 1B here, so we can get a little closer of a look. Um, is there anyone in 1C that you would take over any of the few guys here in 1B? No. So would you take would... Nolan Smith over Joey Porter or Deontay Banks? Uh. Over Joey Porter. I would take him over both of those guys, yes. Nolan I'm Smith really is. high on Nolan Smith. I think he's a fanta- he's fantastic in exactly what Georgia asked him to do. Everything you hear about him off the field is phenomenal. Um, I think he's a high-character, high-motor guy. I, I just think he's one of those players that the Bengals would fall in love with, and he's a premium position, um, and I, I just think he'd be a, a good player for, for Cincinnati. I think they might think he's too small. I agree. He's, he's he's number three of those mm-hmm. edges to me. I think if and the other two, I would edges. I would take a, a, a before at least Joey Porter. I could debate about the the, the corners though too. But Murphy and uh, and Van Ness, I would I would argue before Nolan Smith. Yeah, okay, Murphy, so if I was going to argue, Stan's bringing up size again. Yeah, that's right. Well, I would say the same arguments for the Cansey and Forbes issue is going to we. We'd have to talk about Nolan Smith as well. He'd be small for an edge rusher at best. Hopefully, he's Hassan Reddick, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But he's only played about 400 snaps every year. He really – I mean, if we're going to put him as a any type of full-time starter, he's never been close to that in, in that Georgia defense that just rotates, you know, three waves of five-star players at you. Uh, I don't necessarily even think he's a scheme fit. I just – I think as a player, he'd be a fun piece to, to put in there. Well, let's not argue non-scheme fits. But I – so let's rank these edge guys in this tier then. So that's – and then that'll help us maybe move a guy up. Uh, do we have it? Lucas Van Ness, Miles Murphy, and then Nolan Smith. I feel like some people would like Miles Murphy more. 
Murphy. I would go Murphy. Murphy. I like Murphy. Murphy. <laughs> okay, I, I'm not even going to argue that. If you guys, I think they're close, so I don't have a problem with that. We will move uh, Murphy up over Van Ness. Does Murphy go then of this group? Is Murphy the best one of this group? Uh, would we take him before Mayor Kincaid or Quentin Johnson? I would. I would. Yeah. <laughs> the Bengals would. Yeah. But all right. There, I, I would take Kincaid. Well, they like Murphy. Murphy though. They like. Murphy I don't care if they like him. You yeah, Kincaid, Kincaid's the one that that gives me pause too. I would yeah, say Kincaid like, over doing? Murphy. He's 26 with a back injury. I don't care if he's 26. <laughs> he's so also a clear elite receiving talent at tight end, which is rare. I actually don't. Burrow was 23 when they drafted I feel like there yeah. is a little bit of question with Kincaid's profile in terms of he doesn't really release and keep himself clean that well, and he doesn't really change speed or try to, to run his routes and make them all look the same. He's just kind of one speed, go, go, go. And I think he's got awesome ceiling, but I do think there is a Gasicki floor, and Gasicki to me would kind of be a bust. A small Gasicki. Yeah, because mm-hmm. at least Gusecki's boxing dudes out and going up over him. Yeah, you're not getting that. Kincaid well, has that ability because he does it really well. Right, but he's six three. He's not. So if you six. want somebody that does have that height, has the you know the, the same kind of floor, just wait a couple wait a couple days and take Koontz, right? And then you okay, get the, you get the Gusecki height too, right? I, we've, we, I think enough of a debate here that it doesn't sound like we should push any of these one C guys to one B because it does sound like a few of us would at least argue that we would take a tight end over Murphy or maybe even rank the tight ends. One of them, maybe for need wise over Murphy. Is that correct? Or do we mostly agree that Murphy should be in the one B? Cause I honestly, I don't, I think he's got one move. He's got the long arm versus the run and the pass. That's it. And he's kind of clunky as an athlete. He's kind of has no counter really no, you know, pass rush plan on half of his rushes uh, in a defensive line. That's pretty loaded. And I, when I watched him, I thought more of a, 2A, to be honest with you. And I wouldn't push him up to a 1B where I've got to have him over Kincaid, over Mayer, over even Nolan Smith and, and Lucas Van Ness. I think this is the grouping. I think this is uh, right to keep him in here. Once we start talking I wouldn't about push it, anyone yeah. up. So, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm really just starting yeah. to him in Porter, to be honest with you. So it's, it's one guy. Matt's just low on Porter, I think. <laughs> I am too. I am I'm low on Porter too. I'm so maybe move Should we move Porter down then? That is the next question. I would, if we don't want to I'll move tell these you guys this. up. If the Bengals are faced with Kincaid and Porter and they take Porter, I'm not going to be nice in the column or on Locked On or here or wherever. This I is exactly what I wanted to hear, to be honest with you. This is what I thought we'd, we'd run into. Um, I agree. I think Porter's a little overrated by the consensus. Uh, I think he should. There's a chance. I've said this before. I think Banks and Porter could be there at 28. I think teams may take Forbes over these guys. Uh, and, and they say, because if he was, if Forbes was 180, he's clearly going over these two, in my opinion. Right. Without even question. Um, which makes me think I should, and I like Banks more than Porter. If you, Maybe we can start to rank Murphy over Porter if we put Porter in 1C. I got like three other guys I put over Porter in 1C, so I'm, I'm with it. I think moving Porter to 1C is fair. I'm fine with it. Lone, because Lone Kincaid. Descent. Lone descent. I always say Okay. Now we got to rank some of this, these 1C guys then. Uh, let, me, let me get that correct. So I moved them down. Now let's, let's scroll down to 1C, Andrew, for me. Not too far. And then zoom in a little bit if you want to on these guys. Okay. 
of the tight ends, let's rank the tight ends first. Then we can group them together real quick and then figure I'm out what be we on my own here. I think. Yeah, figure well, out what not. we want to do at tight end. I get your back, James. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. you do. Kincaid or Mayer? Does anybody Kincaid. have a strong opinion of the two? Yeah. Yes. Kincaid. Kincaid. Strong. I'd go Mayer. I'd go Mayer too. I go Mayer this... as well. Okay, we got three three. We got three. 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 All right, we got our guy. So, so here's the here's the thing. So it's it's kind of the opposite. Mayer's safe. He is the safe, super clean prospect, was uh, super productive all the time, was great at Covcat. Like everyone remembers him in Northern Kentucky here in Cincinnati. I get it because I remember it. And when he went to Notre Dame and started to play right away. But in this offense, it'd be one thing if like Baker Mayfield was the quarterback and they were doing a bunch of play action. And I just think Burrow and Kincaid, it's just this, you give him this elite weapon. And I think that's what he would be in this offense. Not every offense. Like, he's mocked to the Packers. I don't know how he would be with Jordan Love. I think landing spot matters a lot. And I, I think if Kincaid's there at 28, just imagine. There's, there's no more one more one year prove-it deals for some of these tight ends because he's going to get 800 yards and be a game-changer for Burrow. James bring up, brings up a good point that I've been thinking lately. Um, maybe it's Anarumo and how much people love him, and I, and I do too right now, right? And it seems like he's putting everyone in, in the best position they can but also on offense the Bengals are pretty much using everyone the way they should uh Burrow you know when you've got that guy all of a sudden all the weapons start to look really good we've seen tight ends average tight ends guys to be honest with you Uzama and and Hurst are nothing right like they're not Mayer or Kincaid and they looked like they can get big contracts obviously they did um adding a guy to that they're almost a bulletproof team in terms of drafting and I hate to get to that point because I felt that way in 2015 and then oh boy Ian Fisher (laughs) Couldn't do it anymore, right? You're never bulletproof completely. But you do feel like any of these guys will be maximized in this offense. The thing with me between Mayer and Kincaid is Mayer is, if Bijan's the cleanest, safest, best prospect in this draft, Mayer is, in terms of tight end, as close as you possibly can be to being as safe and clean as you'd want. I wish he was a a pinch more athletic. But, man, on tape, I don't have a problem with his athleticism. I think he knows how to win with what he owns, what he has, what he's possessed with. I think he gets everything out of it. And I think in this offense, he would be exactly that and continue to be that. A guy that, I mean, he's he's getting force-fed the ball in Notre Dame, and he won't have to do that now. He's going to have more room to run. He's going to have more up-the-seam things to do when the, you want to pay attention to, to Higgins and, and Chase. Great. Mayor can eat if you need him to on that day. Uh, not that KK won't. I, I agree. I like Kincaid as well, and I think he could be a Travis Kelsey type if he hits it. I just think his floor is significantly lower than Mayer. Are we underrating Mayer's ceiling? We because are. Because when you look at the elite tight ends, I don't know if it's all elite athleticism. Look at Travis Kelsey. Now he's not running a 4-5. He's pushing 4-6. He's, he's in the Mayer range of athleticism probably, but he's just Mayer's 4-7-5. Hold on. Well, four seven one. Four seven one. <laughs> you said four six. I mean, that's a big difference. I'm just well, saying. well with his back injury, he was like four eight. <laughs> and he's still getting open. <laughs> yeah, he's still getting open. So and you think about tight ends of the past, you know, the great, great ones. Antonio Gates was really smooth, but I don't know if he was ever four three, four four, four. He was probably in that higher end and I don't want to overrate athleticism for a ceiling when Mark Andrews is the type of athlete that Michael Mayer is Michael Mayer's gonna come in I think as the most refined receiver even though Kincaid is awesome at it and then I just can't get out of my mind 
the uh, I think the Florida defense when they went back to the huddle against Utah, they weren't really calling plays. They were playing rock paper scissors to see who got to line up over Dalton Kincaid. No, it's my turn. It's my turn. You had the last one. Highlight. (laughs) All right. So here's how you you uh, combat that or argue that is the Bengals threw it like what fifty five times or whatever it was at Gillette. They're going to throw it all over the field. So giving Burrow an elite pass catcher, and I think that's how that's certainly how I think Kincaid would. Why is he more elite than Kincaid though? Why is why why is Kincaid more than Mayer? Sorry, just watch him. I mean, um, I know you have, but movement skills, sideline, two feet down. Like I just he's making these like more acrobatic, like athletic catches that. And and I'm not saying Mayer couldn't be. No, you're not wrong. I'm just letting you. Yeah, like. Is Mayer ever? He's like a ballerina on the sideline, some, and I, I don't really know many tight ends that are doing that. Like is to Mayer ever going to be? I'm sorry, I keep talking about James, but like, is he ever going to be a guy who teams are game playing to stop? Like you, like, like I, I see Gronk comparisons in the comments, and I've heard that other places too. He's like, not Gronk, not not Gronk, Gronk. and that's he's mostly the blocking to me. <laughs> he's not the size of Gronk. Yeah, Mayer is yeah, barely average huge. size. So, so, so that's what I'm trying to say. Here's, now we're in a situation where. Maybe Higgins and Boyd, Boyd are gone in a year. I want somebody who's going to take pressure off of Chase in case you end up being in a shitty situation as it comes to receivers. I'm sorry if there's a PG show we didn't really cover that, but um, but if, you know, like, <laughs> those guys and like, do do you are you getting a tight end in round one who can be that number two receiver? I don't think you are with Mayer. Like I, I agree, solid prospect. I think I think. If you ask me who's, if you ask me to put money on on somebody who's going to get a second contract, especially for the Bengals, yeah, Mayor, Mayor would stick around. Mayor would get a second contract. They, they'd love him, but I don't know if you're getting that guy out of him, and especially with where they're at with the situation and uh, with with contracts and everything. I, I want to be able to get that guy. I think we have to keep in mind their age when they played too. Mayor is young, and he was doing that while Kincaid's older when he was there. I think there's still meat on the bone with Mayer. And I, it's that something I've thought of more recently is just, I don't want to underrate his ceiling just because I'm looking at athleticism. And I know on the field, it shows up a little bit too. He's more of a smooth than a speed guy. It's just, yeah, where I am with it. I think he understands leverage well. I think he does a really nice job with his release, which is just something you don't really see at the college level. There's plenty of, I don't know if I love the Heath Miller comparison either, uh, but uh, I think he's more. That's of a, actually the point to not take Mayer. He's more <laughs> dynamic than he's. Yeah, I agree. And he's no, a better blocker. <laughs> yeah. And so. maybe maybe Mayer turns into a better blocker. He is 20. He was 21 last time we yeah. watched him play, where Kincaid was 23, right? That last time. The tight end class, though, maybe we shouldn't even split these guys. Maybe we should consider then and, and, and table it for now and say, are we taking Porter, Murphy, Van Ness, Nolan Smith above the tight ends? Or are we taking the tight ends above any of these defensive players? See, I would. I'm separate on both. I would take Kincaid over all of them, but I'm. Would you take Mayer no. over them then? Over Porter. Porter's in my doghouse right now. Um, <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> the vibes. <laughs> no, it, it it actually has nothing to do with his name. I just I don't I don't see it as much. like I yeah, there's guys in the second round I feel good about. Um, no, Mayer's safe, right? I think he's he's safe. So I I'd probably take him over Porter. I'm not... I yeah, think I'm both over Van Ness. Him. 
Uh, yeah, I was about to say I'd put Mayer behind or uh, behind Murphy, but in front of Van Ness. Mm-hmm. I think I, that they I, would I, take him over Nolan Smith too, even though you guys wouldn't. I think they would. Would you take Van Ness or Nolan Smith, then, guys? Van Ness. Van Ness. Van Ness. Van Ness. <laughs> Mike's <laughs> gonna be the descent. <laughs> Lone descent here. I think Van Ness is just. A, there's a lot of theory with what he is because he's not there yet. I there's a lot of theory with Nolan Smith too. Yeah, give there, me Smith. No, I think Smith is going to be a solid pro. Yeah, I, Smith put it on tape. Ceiling Van Ness, floor Smith, but man, Van Ness was a part-time player at Iowa, and mm-hmm. I know played Smith a lot was inside a too, too, but he played a lot he inside. Just pushed people. <laughs> good speed, good power. It's the theory is there. That's what I I I see it. I just I want. I think there's theory guys in the second round. I mean, honestly, I, I think you got to give Iowa credit for playing him the way he should be played, and I think that's the way that the Bengals will play him too. Like we talked sure. about with, with, with Anna Rumo, um, and I think he can come, he can bounce inside and give you a little bit of bit of juice there. But I think he, he is more, he's more an edge for the Bengals than a lot of teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, because because of his size. And I, I don't think I don't see him as being super bendy, so I, I could see him slipping for those kind of reasons. I think. I don't know. I, I kind of got caught up in that a little bit too, but I, it's it's not like he wasn't he wasn't really a substitute. You know what I mean? Like he was yeah. like a he was like a one like A guy. Like they were working all those guys in, so I don't really discount him too much for that. I struggle with both guys. I think both are incomplete players, uh, and that's why they're in the one C group. Obviously, uh, I think there's projection with both. Hope for upside in both. I would when definitely I, take Mayer and Kincaid over each one, though. When I when I watch Nolan Smith take on run blocks, it feels like he is covered in the blood of his enemies, and it doesn't matter if he's <laughs> yeah. 230 pounds. He is going to ram his face through somebody. He plays like a hammer. like a fly, He plays like Mjolnir, dude. He's just a flying hammer. He's got a lunch pail just glued to his hand at all times. <laughs> Usually you say that about the Van Ness ones. <laughs> I mean, and, and if you're really concerned – I'm, I'm contradicting myself a little bit, but if you're really concerned about his size, if, if you think he's giving you enough in other places and you're really concerned about his size in the run game, just make him the strong side end and, and he's taking on blocks from tight ends instead of mm-hmm. offensive tackles. I'm putting Nolan ahead of Lucas Van Ness then, unless anyone has major gripes. Patrick, you didn't say much on either. Uh, I'm okay with either one. I put Van Ness a little bit of a Smith, but I'm not going to – I think that it's fine. I think I, they're similar. They're both. The only thing I would split as well is that I think Van Ness looks like a Bengals end, and, yeah. you know, I think that they'd like him. You know, I do think they would, would prefer the size. I think they'd prefer the power rush, and, uh, you know, that'd be the only thing. But do I care personally? No, I don't. I think Nolan Smith can be really damn good if he develops. Okay, then. So we agree, Kincaid over Mayor. That's great. <laughs> well, we didn't get that far yet. I wanted to be sure. Uh, let's be clear then. Um, next group is, are we taking Miles Murphy over these tight ends? Me personally, again, like I said, I had Murphy as a 2A. I, I would take the tight ends. Yeah, but it's premium position versus non-premium position here, I think. Yeah, that's where I end up with Murphy. Tight end also is a pretty big drop off, I feel, in terms of receiving talent. I mean, there is Laporta and Crack. There's still a few guys left. Musgrave's still out there too. Beyond the second, but you have to get they have to get to sixty after twenty eight. And if you say that Musgrave, Washington, and Laporta are all gone, you're left with Kraft, and then 
you're like a big project in Coons, and that's right. That's yeah. Strange. Crap. yeah. I, I I will say we're looking at we're looking at edges though. After the first edges. round, guys, mm-hmm. most of them are like 24 years old. Yes, mm-hmm. that's true. So I mean, if you don't get if you don't get Thule, you're you're dealing with a guy who's pretty old. Um, so that that, that definitely drops off uh, as well. Van Ness is young too. I was just looking at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think all these guys ratings. were talking about in the first round are like 21, 22. Oh, this class is separated, man. You see a complete divide once like round three hits. Of mm-hmm. you're all old. Everyone else got pushed up. <laughs> and, Still and COVID years. The, you know, the next pick yeah. is on the precipice of round three, so you don't know what end of that you're going to get in on. And, and look, I mean, at the end of the day, like, get ready. You know, crack your <laughs> crack your knuckles. Get ready to comment about uh, what an a-hole I am. But <laughs> that's why you signed Drew Sample. Because with Drew Sample... God damn it, Matt. Because with Drew Sample <laughs> and Herb Smith, you don't have to draft the tight end. That's true. Mm-hmm. You can draft okay. Drew Sample in round three. You can survive with those two guys. You don't they have can just, to draft the tight end. They and can if just you be like the tight, the tight end revitalizer. You're taking a premium position, dude. So be it. I okay. Think, no, go I, ahead, just James. to be just to be on the record of these one C guys, all of them. Let's just say they're all there, and I want to just put it on record. It won't happen. I think the Bengals would take Dalton Kincaid. I'm serious. Not messing okay. around. Not just pushing my. I, that's what I think would happen. And Cincinnati would riot because Michael Mayer was there. Until Kincaid has 15 touchdowns next season. Wait, what did you, you say? Are you have 15 touchdowns in this offense to give? I put Kincaid on top of this list too. Oh, they do if they're scoring 40 a game because Burrow's <laughs> just spreading everybody out, man. What are you talking about, Joe? What are you okay, then. About? All right, so let's say we're on the clock and Porter, Murphy, Mayer, and Kincaid are available. Those four that are four on the top here. Who's your pick? Go. Start with James. Go down. Kincaid, Mayor. You don't have to rank them all, but I think it's Porter Murphy. I think it's Porter Murphy. I was just, I just said, oh, because I'm low on Porter, but I think I would take Porter. Jared, Uh, I'd probably go Murphy, Mayor, Kincaid, Porter. They're not helping, Pat. (laughs) Uh, I think I go Kincaid, Murphy, Mayor, Porter. Porter's definitely at the bottom for me. I'm Porter, going the same. Said, right? Well, yeah, Porter's at the bottom. Kincaid is at the top. Well, there right. we go. Yeah, Pat. Sorry, Mike. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the same. <laughs> Mike, yeah, you, Mike, uh, you uh, didn't want us to move Porter from 1B. This is your chance to save him from falling out of 1C potentially. <laughs> I know. Wow. How do you end up with a 44 with all you guys? Yeah, we all took him, and then now we're hating on him. <laughs> I, I just think about it more and more. Yeah, I mean – I get that Porter doesn't have the cleanest evaluation, but man, does that guy, he's able to jam. He's able to move guys. He's able to, I think he does a good job in man. And I think there is the bones there for the zone coverage, especially if you're talking like cloud cover two stuff. I think he'll jam. He'll sink. He's smart. He's a, he's, he's Joey Porter senior. If he played corner and was at that size and athleticism, I, I like him enough that I think he would still be at the top of this list for me. I, I mean, I got actually the, the Joey Porter senior comment. Um, That's not going to win the Bengals. Though, right? No, 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 no. But like these guys, like the high end prospects who are second generation NFL guy. I mean, just, you know, outside of Kellen Winslow, like was obviously a terrible example, but most, most of the time those guys are, are at least solid pros. 
Like they've been around it. They get it. They know what mm-hmm. it's about. So I do think there's a, a low bus potential from Porter for that reason. And that I wingspan too. I mean, we can't, it, there's they a lot of correlation for wingspan and arm length at corner for guys that yes. disrupt and give pass breakups. Forbes and, and, and Porter are just condors out there. If you could really light that fire under him, I I mean, reminds me a little bit, I mean, higher end, but like almost like an Antoine Winfield type where if he's jamming, he's physical, he's able to move guys, reroute them, do whatever he wants. Like that's, I would love that. Uh, but I do understand the athleticism concerns, the flexibility concerns. I just, I'm not ready to move him out of one C to two A or to the bottom of this list. Cause I do think he, I don't think we're moving him that far. I was just, I was mostly making a joke on that. Um, yeah. We didn't well, talk I mean, about even, even like when I'm looking at the next guys, like, man, I definitely wouldn't take Van Ness, Quentin Johnston, even Nolan Smith with his size over Joey Porter Jr. I agree. I think Joey Porter is fine being above those guys, unless anyone has any other opinion on that, but we haven't talked about Quentin Johnston. If he's available at 28, are we taking a guy that can be an outside receiver? He's got a big body, but plays like a smaller guy. That allows you to get Jamar Chase in the slot. I think he's good after the catch, really good after the catch. Uh, could provide something there that maybe they haven't had from the number three spot and even from the number two spot right now. Um, right. Go ahead, Pat. I have a hot take here. Uh, okay. I There's someone in that's not even in 2A that I would take over Quinton Johnson, who I think should be in 1C, and that's Zay Flowers, who I think is oh. a better wide receiver prospect than Quinton Johnston. And should be in one seat. Which is why that's where I had him ranked. I think that the fact that he is as low as he is is crazy. I hate well, that I, that's a hot take because I don't. He, I don't think that's that's he, crazy. He, he's low in the world. That's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Andrew, yeah, he's bigger though. Pull down a little so we just see the top of one C here. Since we're done with one B, I just want to uh, see if we can. Now I want to. Yeah, I want to see the full of one C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that oh. way we can see some of two A. I'll I'll come in on the uh, the con of that by the way and say that that I actually have uh, Johnston as my number one receiver. Ooh, Matt in this in this draft. He Matt, plays small. He plays small, and that makes me upset. He plays like Sands. <laughs> At times, AJ Green played next. small, and it didn't stop him from having a whole or a Ring of Honor type career. Come it on. frustrated us at times. Come AJ on, Green was always a good contested catch guy, though. He was, but he didn't always go over people. He would very often try to basket and jump into guys. And I think Quentin Johnson does a lot of the same things. Here's the thing, though. To me, drafting Johnson is making a statement about the future. You know, like, if you're drafting Johnson, you're not extending T. Higgins. You're right. Oh, goodness. So that's what it is. It's the Dax Hill Bates pick. But we all knew Bates was gone even before that draft. Uh, So it would be devastating for that reason. But I think in terms of looking forward, if you don't think you're going to get a deal done with Higgins, this is the way to do it. No, you franchise you, you you have a bake sale and you franchise that man. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay then. Do we keep Johnston in one seat? We might have to now, Matt. Matt's on the night. Right. If we got one of our coaches Jared, here saying think? he's number one. Jared, go ahead. You got a you got an opinion? I think his school has a cool mascot. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, like, gonna, I watched all the did he flash did he flash for you when you watched the Vila? Uh, no, not really. I got way too distracted by Kendra Miller. Yeah, Kendra Miller's good. Kendra Miller's <laughs> one flash. 
Um, I mean, Johnson's a big body, and he makes like I mean, it, I feel like most of his stuff was after the catch, and it looks kind of goofy, but <laughs> that's just an offensive lineman evaluator's <laughs> opinion. Yeah, Sorry, right. I put you on the spot there. Okay, <laughs> so, I think I put him on the list, so that's probably my fault too. <laughs> so here's a question: If he's available at 28, and these other guys are all gone, are we taking Quentin Johnston over Brzee? Darnell Washington, Adebuare, Cam Smith, uh, Jameer Gibbs. No, I would really try no. to put Cam Smith into the one C. I I'd, I'd do the same. I would diff, uh Brzee and Cam Smith over Quentin Johnson. Uh, I would have Adebuare, Cam Smith, Jameer Gibbs, which it's about that time, fellas. Uh, I have those over top Quentin three Johnston, would, sure. in one C. All right, I've what did you say? Adeboare, Cam Smith, and Zay Flowers over Quentin Johnston. It sounds like uh, overwhelmingly then we are two-way at least for now with Johnston. I moved him down. Yeah. Um, okay, then. Sorry. Is there any – before we concrete 1C, because we're not there yet, is there anyone then – we've mentioned it, but is there a if – you, if, if maybe one player for each guy here then, because it sounds like we have a, quite a few. Is there anyone from 2A – that you feel we need to push into one C and consider at pick 28. Cam Smith. I know Brazil because Cam Smith has already been said, but yeah, I think both of those guys. I'll say Adeboire. I would also say Adeboire. Mine would be split between Adeboire and Cam Smith as well. Uh, So that's fine with me. Uh, James, you're going to say Gibbs? Well, Adeboire, I would put. Okay, sure. I mean that's that's three um, for sure. So let's move him up, and then um, I'm gonna move Cam Smith up as well because that's two guys that would have. I'm I'm on Jameer Gibbs Island, so I'm not gonna sabotage the whole thing here. Would but, anyone else take 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 Gibbs at 28? Not with those guys on the board. No, I watched a lot of Alabama. Nope. Okay, so <laughs> I think he would have. I'm just looking here. You can make the case, but we're not going to spend too long. I will let I'm you not, make the I'm case. I'm not. I just think he would have – like he would, He might mess around and win Rookie of the Year if they took him. <laughs> I agree. You're, you're, that could happen. You, you know, like he would have such an instant impact. It's a perfect fit. Like if it, it's, it's kind of like Kincaid where it's like, oh, you give Burrow that. And, and we did it with the JSN stuff too. So that's the part of it where it's fun. Now I get it. Asset-wise, positional value – he may not even be on the field for 50% of snaps. You have a question about the pass blocking, although I think there's hope that he can get that part down at the NFL level. I get it. I also think he would be an absolute weapon in this offense. Not every offense, but this one. So it sucks that they don't have a pick at like 40 or 38 because then it's it's much, much easier than right now where it's, it's harder to find the path. Anyways, we can keep it rolling. So the other guys here, Matt did mention Brzee. I'm not a big fan. If anyone else okay. can mention Brzee, I would be more interested. But I think he is an emergency scenario. Uh, I don't know how many guys we have listed here, even though it goes on to 26. We're definitely I missing. I checked. We have three 23 guys listed, 1A through 1C. Uh, right. That's without the four quarterbacks. So that's 27 guys total. So we're one short of pick 28. <laughs> we are one short, short of 28. That's Although I feel I like saying. Branch is probably going to go top here 28. Comes and we're just not going to have him there. Well, here's the I would list. argue Brzee. He, let me get to the other guys, guys. There <laughs> are some on. other guys below where we can see right here. So we've got Quinton Johnston, Brian Brzee, Darnell Washington, Keely Ringo, Jameer Gibbs, Ryan Branch, Steve Avila, Anton Harrison. 
Isaiah Foskey, and FAU, Felix Anaduke Uzama. This is this is the moment, Joe. To move Gibbs up? <laughs> I'm serious. I, 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 I should have held it. If the options are between Brzee and Gibbs, honestly, I could lean Gibbs because I – I, I struggle with the tall defensive tackles. I think leverage is such a big thing. Uh, if you're not winning in the first phase, and meaning your get off and penetration, you better win laterally and with enough moves and with leverage. And I don't think he has the leverage part. I think he loves the arm over swim move only, and like that's what he's got. And will even though he won as a freshman, his freshman tape's pretty dramatic, dramatically different. I think if he had he had stayed on that trajectory, he'd be a slam dunk top twenty pick. Uh, but anytime you lose the leverage battle. I struggle with you as a defensive tackle. He's not a guy that's going to sink and drop to a knee and be able to keep himself up like, you know, DJ reader. So I just see him as a pass rusher in nickel. That's going to win laterally rather than, rather than as a penetrator. All right. Someone go because some of you guys like Brzee and I don't want to hijack it with me. Was I the only one that said it? No, I like Brzee too. I think his freshman tape and the first three or four games before he tore his ACL uh, last or yeah, sophomore season is some of the best defensive tackle tape that you'll see out of anybody in this class. It's just uh, this last year was kind of a bunch of uh, just a big old pile of unfortunate events that kind of happened. Um, And he, I think he got better over the season. And I mean, he tested way better than I thought he would. He did. Um, And and I just I don't know. I think he he. One of the things I like is Clemson ran a very similar scheme to to Cincinnati this past year because they had Nick Eason. Um, So he would be a plug-and-play, would be able to come in. I think you could swap him out for uh, DJ Reader or BJ Hill in any kind of situation. I think there's a lot of flexibility Brzee would bring to the defense, and I think the Bengals would value him more than uh, a lot of other teams. I don't think you could swap him for DJ Reader. Yeah, I mean – I see what you're saying with the leverage thing. You know, I get that. I, I do think he was on a pretty good trajectory. And we know that the things that threw him off were like the, not not an injury that's likely to cause him problems long term in an illness, which came out of nowhere and, and, a, and a personal tragedy. You know, so they're all things that don't really give you a lot of pause for the future. He 21, like, he, like he's, he's a young yeah. dude, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So like like he's still there. Um, I, I think you're taking the potential because again, it's a, it's a position where, you know, where, where, where you're scarcely getting the guys that can do that. They can, they can rush the passer. And I think if he can develop and, and you can work on his leverage and, and, you know, he could become, um, you know, a, a, a good all around three technique that you're going to have on the field every down. He doesn't need to be that this year. You know, um, he, he could be the pass rush guy, which again, look, we talked about with Cansey is going to give you a ton of value. Um, and, I, I mean, honestly, like if, if you got a shorter, stouter, you know, uh, tackle that's in there and then you throw him in the mix on third down, like that's 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 a tough adjustment adjustment for for a guard to make when you got that guy coming in and, uh, in, in different situations. So, um, okay. yeah, I, I think there's I think there's a lot of value to the position, to the potential there. In an effort to try and keep this under 90 minutes, because that was my original projection, that leaves us with a few minutes here, I would like to solidify the 28th guy then is as a, with a first-round grade. All right. Um, is that Brzee? Are we not talking about Washington? Are we not talking about Gibbs or Harrison, Foskey, or FAU? I think Washington's fun because he gives you such a another added dimension to the offense, not just a, a new toy. 
Like, uh, I feel like his blocking. Jared. President... What? <laughs> Nothing. What? What I do? He said a new toy. Like, we're Toys R Us. Go ahead. <laughs> well, that's how people like talk that. about, uh, like, these receiving options and stuff. But I think Washington's a whole lot more than that. I think he adds to your downhill shotgun run scheme. I think you can get him out of space and block. I think he's a, I mean, just a giant of a man to just lob up touchdowns into the end zone. I think he adds a whole other dimension. And then, like, clogging up the middle of the field and letting your receivers do their thing. That's just exciting. Yeah, I, I get that. I And I, I think that the, Darnell's interesting. I don't know if he would be their 28th. Of of the two, Gibbs and Washington, by the way, I like. I know some are on Brzee. I think that Gibbs gives you that dimension too, just in a different way. Like I'm, I'm thinking about the way teams have played too high and Joe Mixon was the check down king last year, right? 60 receptions. I think Gibbs does more with those, even if it's 52 receptions or 48, and he averages 11 yards a pop half the time and, and makes these the middle of the field. You, you want to leave the middle of the field open? Fine. Burrow will just take it every single time until you it, it breaks you. So I, I know he's a running back, but I, I think that I, I almost look at him as like a, a weapon in adding him to this offense. So that's the the part of it. And I don't think there are many guys in this class that do that as consistently as Gibbs, even though he's a part-time player, because outside of Bijan and Roshan Johnson, probably Charbonnet, there, there's not many complete three down guys that you think can, can come in right away and be sure. that kind of back. Gibbs, Gibbs has, you know, the, the speed to make your angles look stupid. Right. Um, and, and, and so like, yeah, he can turn those short things into big things. Like we said, when we talked about, you know, we're debating a slot versus a running back. And I said, it's the same thing. And that's what you're looking at with Gibbs. You're getting that out of him. Now the pass, the pass pro sucks. All right. Like that's yeah. a problem. Um, but at least he read there. It, he does it, have reads and checks before he leaks out. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing too, like, but if you're taking him to be a receiver, let him be a damn receiver. Um, if, if you need a guy, uh, you you get Brayton Willis uh, as a as a tight end in like the sixth round from Oklahoma, and you turn him into you know or, or the fullback from North Dakota State, Ooh, and then yeah. you as in the field in a in a wing position, and that's your that's your six man pass protection. Like you can you can scheme around that. Like it, it, I mean, honestly, it's the same thing with with Dalton Kincaid. Like you could scheme around not having the guy that can do the blocking if you have somebody else that can do the blocking. The love receivers that can block, screw it. If KK kept blocking, you're, you're on the Boyd side. Like, you could mm-hmm. figure out that stuff if mm-hmm. if the the plus of it is enough. My big problem with Gibbs is he's, he's 200 pounds. Like, I just don't know – I don't know how much volume you're going to be able to give him uh, for that reason. And, and, and I mean, honestly, Kamara, I've, even – like, they say he's like a small Kamara, but even Kamara – like my my issue with him when people call him a top running back has always been when did when does he ever rush for a thousand yards? Like he's a playmaker, he's a bigger playmaker. He's more important than most running backs in the league to his team, but he wasn't the running back per se. So maybe that's maybe that's the role for Gibbs is the, is the Kamar role. Like he's not the running that back. Per se. Yeah. But but well, that like, would be awesome in this offense, right? Like yeah, that's how I would, like yeah. like that still works because because at two hundred pounds, yeah, maybe you know. He, he can't run what the you got, ball. Like, game. This is not a pro or anti-Gibbs thing, but I do think that he is more of a C.J. Spiller than he is an Alvin Kamara. I think he reads open field better than he reads closed, tight spaces. I think he's just 
He's got that really good speed, make you look stupid. Spiller had that. Kamara had the insane balance. And I don't see that as much with Gibbs. I think it's yeah. a little bit easier to get down. It's that you can't really touch him. And that was CJ Spiller to me. So when I'm watching those two, that's the guy I come to a little bit more. But it's the same idea. It's, Spiller was never the 1A. He was always. They tried the to replace him plenty of times. They drafted Willis McGee and they let Travis Henry be the guy. And like they always, and then it was Fred Jackson, Fred Jackson. CJ Spiller. But Spiller also had one of the greatest running mm-hmm. or overall offensive seasons ever. And people don't realize it because it was Chan Gailey offense. They let him go nuts and they just didn't give him the ball enough because they didn't feel he, they could, they'd only give it to him 10 times a game uh, and he'd go for a hundred yards in that. But you know, they just didn't feel like he, they could give him the load because of it. Um, and I do see was a that little different. It, it is a little different now too. And that was their dark ages. So they, you know, fire their coaches and new staff comes in and no, no one knows how to use yeah. Spiller anymore. So, you know, how things go. Um, it sounds like we have enough debate, though, on these two A guys to not push one up, that we could see a scenario where you would take Darnell over a Brian Brzee or see a scenario where you would take uh, Jameer Gibbs over Darnell Washington or whatever the case may be. If there's enough debate, we don't push them up. You know, we don't have to have 28 guys there. There's There won't be 28 first-round players. We know this. There'll probably be 20 to 22, let's say, at, at best. We may be, yeah, we may be picking from a two-way guy, and that's okay as long as we're c- comfortable with that. I don't think we have enough time to completely get comfortable with the two-way board, but at least I would table this today, and we'd show up tomorrow bright and early at 4 a.m. As, as it goes, and, uh, you know, to do the draft discussion again. But, yes, I think if we scroll up a little bit more, Andrew, and, and look at our first round, uh, is there anyone – are we comfortable with these guys? So we're saying if one of these guys are available at 28, now we didn't rank the last couple we put on there in Adabari and Cam Smith. That would be for the next um, session. But are we saying we're comfortable taking these guys in the first round if they're available at 28? Yeah. 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 We don't want anyone on this list that we wouldn't walk walk away with that on Thursday night saying, okay, we got a guy that can help us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Then I think nobody, we're... nobody wants to keep order off. There's a lot of anti <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing well, I don't ever run one on him either, but I was Where's John Michael Schmitz at? Some others were more vociferous than me on that. Three A. So. Uh, oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> was okay. Aragorn, Aragorn with the with the sword? That was me keeping Porter in one C. <laughs> Well, this, and this is why the Bengals and every team meet day after day for the next week in order to maybe they call the high school coach tomorrow and, and or whoever it may be and try and get a little more information, try and maybe have a virtual with one of these guys just to get a little more confidence in one of these players. But this is supposed to be a glimpse in, in, in the idea of a very long process. We got it down to an hour and a half here, and we would probably even debate more of these guys and swap them if we – kept it going and did a full eight hour shift on this and, uh, and, and obviously a full week. Yeah, it would, uh, it would go back and forth a lot. I mean, I, I still think there's a lot and I can imagine what draft guy Jared's thinking right now. There's a lot of big guys that you didn't get to talk about. So man, Steve Avila's in that two way right there. I can see it. <laughs> Scroll down. I like it. Not really, but yes. So uh, no, yeah, James, if you want to wrap it, I think we, uh, I think we accomplished our goal of, 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 providing a look at what it probably looks like. Yeah. So uh, Joe, you're going to tweet out your, your draft board, like the funnel yep. thing. Um, I, I know if you're, you're watching halfway through or whatever, or you think there's going to be some Bengals fan that would be interested in this. We essentially, if you're just joining us, 
did our our big board for the the Bengals first round and an early second round and Jameer Gibbs was too low is the the end result. No, just <laughs> but, uh, no, this was a lot of fun. Make sure you follow everybody at draft guy, Jared at, all right, Patrick, say your thing here. So I don't get it uh, wrong. LB three PT, man. Yeah, I've told I've, Patrick for like the last five years that he needs to change his handle because it's not helping him. <laughs> I didn't know it was Patrick until like two days ago. So, right. I, yeah, I had no clue. Um, at Coach Minnick, right? I got that right, Matt? You got that right. At Bengals underscore Sands. At Joe Goodberry. That one's hard to remember. Um, also hit that subscribe button and uh, and, and um, ring the bell because I, me and Joe have like eight draft videos coming out. We've banked a lot of them previewing all these positions at length. So thanks for all the comments. Thanks to, to all six and, and Andrew Fox Miller, but all, all six of... Uh, our our helpers, our drafters, our rankers, whatever you want to say. But I uh, appreciate you for watching. And uh, until next time, thank you so much. This is Cincinnati Bengals Talk. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.